that out for Johnny weeks ago, and he has <laughs> yet to read it, which is, um, it took him a while to memorize it, that's good. Um, thank you, Johnny. Uh, yes, of course. Um, I, I am so thankful y'all are here. I'm, I'm glad to be here with you. Andrew's here, which makes him a freak of nature. Uh, don't, don't pat him on the back for it. Um, he had back surgery seven hours ago, and he's with us now. Uh, no, we're, we're glad everybody's here with us today. Um, I'm going to talk about something this morning as we finish up this particular sermon series that I... Um, that, that might go against what you instinctively think about the scriptures, um, about uh, the Bible, and about how God works. Um, but it, I, don't think it nece- I don't think it goes against what the Bible says. And so we are going to discuss what it means to do God's will. And by discussing that, I think we've got, we're going to have to discuss what it does not mean to do God's will. We live in the United States of America. If you want to abbreviate it, it's just USA or apostrophe America. Um, We live in an affluent time. We live in a time where we we have all sorts of choices. We have all sorts of conveniences. Actually, I got an email this morning. Live... But we can get real. We can get real spoiled, and I think one of those spoilings that happens is that the world revolves around us. The world revolves around me, and I get to do. I I, I go to. Um, I, I can go to a restaurant and not even get out of my car and just drive through, and they just hand me food out of a window. Like that is that is such a that, such self-serving, and we are so awful that we even complain about that. I do. I know they when they put in the two the the two things at McDonald's so the line doesn't back up. I actually said out loud whenever they put it in. I was pulling in. I said, "Thanks, McDonald's." I was looking for a new reason to merge. Like, I don't need more merging in my life. And I'm complaining about McDonald's serving us faster. Um, I'm com- I, so we'll complain about our conveniences, and we are very spoiled to the conveniences, so much so that we think God, His main purpose is to figure out, or, or, to, or to map out a particular plan for my life. And you will hear this time and time again if you read Christian literature. You'll hear, read it time and time again. You'll hear it in songs that God has this detailed plan for your life. And so whenever we talk about God's will, it's always with this little addendum. God's will for my life. And I'm... I don't think the Bible says it that way. I don't think the Bible talks about it like that. And I also think, and this is just logically, and I'm not going to do this biblically, but logically, that sort of fails after a while, especially if we make God's will for my life about which college I go to. 
If we make God's will for my life about which house I buy. Listen, that 21,000 square, 21,000, 2100 square foot house. Preachers are usually high rollers like that. That 2100 square foot house is, if that's God's will for you and your family of three, then you've got to ask the question, what's God's will for that little girl in Rwanda? What's God's will for those people who are being attacked by ISIS? What's God's will for the people who are suffering, who are hungry, who are sick, who are dying? But we hold on to that Americanized God's will so tightly that when something tragic happens, people are, can, can say um, straight-faced, well, whatever, I guess if it was God's will. Death, disease, disaster, suffering, poverty are not a part of God's will. They're not what God wants. I find myself time and time again going in to homes of people who have lost loved ones, picking up the pieces of preachers who have gone before me, telling them that, well, we, we just have to trust God in this. And what I always tell them is God hates this too. God hates pain and hurt and brokenness too. God hates Sin and sin and death is the result of sin. And so we can say at times, and just almost completely um, insensitively, we can say, well, that, well, God has a purpose for this. And the reason we say that is because it, it sort of makes sense in hindsight. But just because God used it, doesn't mean he wanted it to happen. Does that make sense? So my daughter can spill milk. Claire's in the audience, so we'll say Macy. Macy spills a glass of milk. And the milk's on the floor. And so I, I, since the milk's on the floor, I say, well, okay, well, let's, let's get a towel. And I'll get down there with her and we'll clean it up together. We clean up the milk together. And in the process, we kind of talk about, you know, once you do something, you need to quickly make sure that you, it doesn't spread and you need to get something to clean it up and you might want to make sure that the milk doesn't get that close to the tape, the edge. And so we can go through a process and she could look back on that later and say, well, God taught me a lesson, or dad taught me a lesson through that. He must have wanted me to spill the milk. But that's why we, the way we treat God. A lot of times we can get ourselves into situations or, or chaos can just happen. Bad things can happen. Bad things happen to mediocre people, which is what we most are. We're all, we're all just sort of mid-level, baseline, mediocre we're doing our best to get through our day. And bad things happen. And God's will isn't 
that bad things happen. It's that we grow closer to him. And so God can use bad things. God can use good things. God can use evil. God can use brokenness. God can use sin. God can use death. But it's just because he uses sin, just because he uses death, just because he uses sickness to grow, bring us closer to him, doesn't mean he loves sickness, death, brokenness, illness, or poverty. Just because he can use it doesn't mean he causes it. Jesus is in the garden. And he says a prayer that I think can help us kind of see this clearly. Um, maybe for the first time. Matthew 26, it says, Then Jesus went in with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. At this point, we need to know that Jesus knew what was about to happen. He knew that he was being treated as a rebel, as, a, as uh, someone who's getting... Um, followers together and the Jewish leaders were going to portray him to the Roman government as someone who needed to be taken care of. And the Roman government takes care of people with, at the time, the most painful death that you could imagine. Humankind has created more painful deaths since, but this one was the worst at the time. So just on a human nature, just a physical nature, he did not want to go through this. Some of you can connect with this on such like a small level. Some of you, I know some of you have started running in the mornings. Like you thought, I'm going to start, I'm going to run in the morning. You wake up and you think, oh, I don't want to do this. Like you don't want to do it. You know, you know what's coming. It's going to be painful. The reason you don't want to do it is because it's going to be painful. Your body doesn't want you to do the thing that's difficult to do. So Jesus just on a very human level, was not wanting to go through the pain that was coming. The pain of the physical pain, the emotional pain of having someone deny you having the, the, the just the intellectual pain of having people throw insults at you. He didn't want to go through the pain. And so he's, he's overwhelmed and he says, he goes, goes a little farther and he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father... If it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not I will, but as you will. Now, there's a part of this that can make us go, well, God had a will for Jesus' life, and that will was to to minister, to, to get disciples, to be arrested, to be tortured, to be killed, and to be resurrected from the grave. That was God's will for Jesus' life. And so we can take that and we can say, well, God must have a will for my life. Let me be very clear. God's will for your life was that Jesus be crucified and resurrected. That's it. And that you follow Jesus. Wherever you go. Kid comes to me and says, I'm trying to figure out what God's will is for my life. 
I, I don't know whether to go to this college or that college. I said, God's will for your life is that you pick a college and then follow him while you're there. Be wise. Pick a school that's going to best suit you. And then follow God while you're there. I don't know whether it's God's will for me to take this job or this job. Pick a job. And then follow God while you're there. God's will for your life is very connected with God's kingdom in the world. And your life needs to be in service to the king. Now, Jesus died and was resurrected so that he would be made king. And we don't talk like this a whole lot. And the reason we don't talk like this a whole lot is we don't really have the language for it. We, we know the word king. We do. We know the word king. But it's because we know the word burger king. Like we don't really associate king with, the, the, with how important and big an, an actual king is. You know, the, the mattress king lowers prices at his mattress monarchy. I don't know, like, that, that's all he does. I don't know what a king does. Even the, the, monarchs, the monarch, monarchy we know is sort of just a ceremonial monarchy that hasn't had a king in my lifetime and a lot of yours. So we are sort of dumb or ignorant of kings. We don't know what a king, what a king does or what a, what a kingdom actually looks like. But a kingdom is simple. A kingdom is a place where a king rules. And God's will for Jesus was to become king. God's will for Jesus was to rule. Rule your life and my life. Yes, because he is king, we are redeemed. Because he is king, we are saved. Because he is king, we are forgiven. But our good news is that Jesus is king. And, our, and God's will for our life is that we follow the king. So much so that in, um, in Matthew chapter 6, he's, he tells them how to pray. And in the prayer, Jesus says, um, Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name or hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, because this is something we have memorized, because it's something that we, we learned maybe while you were um, on a football team or basketball team, or you, I don't know if cheerleaders pray before they cheer, but no matter what, we would say this writ, uh, memorized prayer, and we've memorized it. Because we've memorized it, we took it line by line. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. So we, we get, we sort of segment it and separate it. But that sentence says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Because you are holy, your kingdom should come and your will should be done. Those two things are united. God's kingdom coming is his will being done. On earth, just like it is in heaven. So you, God's will for your life is not that you buy the new house. If you want to buy a new house, buy a new house. 
God's will for your life is not that you you do this specific task that you're trying to figure out what exactly I'm supposed to do because I might make a wrong turn. It won't be sin, but it will be against God's will. No, everything that's against God's will is against his kingdom. So are you bringing God's kingdom into the world? And if you are, you are doing his will. Are you not bringing God's kingdom into the world? Are you not being the representative of God in this place, in, this, in your workplace, in your church, in your home, in the, in the, the restaurants you go eat, or you, that you visit? If you're not doing that, you're not doing His will. It's just that simple. You do not have to parse. And for me, for me, this is really good news. You do not have to figure out which choice God wants you to make as long as you are making the choice to bring His kingdom into the world. God's will for you is to bring His kingdom into the world. And that's what Jesus was doing on Gethsemane. He says, listen, if this is your will, if this is the way that your kingdom comes on earth as it is in heaven, I will do your will and not my own. But what we often do is we just take our will and we sanctify it. We make it holy. This is what I want and I'll, well, this is, what, do you, what are you doing? Well, this, this is what I'm doing because it's what God wanted. Well, that, man, God really wants some nice things for you. God really wants some easy decisions. It is not God's will that we get everything we want. You know, I think sometimes we pray, God, my kingdom come and my will be done in heaven as it is on earth. I think we mix those and we flip those so consistently that we can start to think that everything I do is what God wanted me to do. If it brings his kingdom to the world, if it shows the world who Jesus is, it doesn't matter what job you're at, it doesn't matter what your education level is, what school you went to, it doesn't matter. Um, it, all, all that matters is that you bring God's kingdom into this world. And if you bring God's kingdom, if his kingdom is coming through your life, if people see God ruling, I think that has a lot to do, actually, I think it has predominantly to do with how you treat people. How you love others. My mom has a saying is, um, we, will, we will be judged by how we love those who are hardest to love. Notice, she doesn't say, Others will be judged. Just I will be judged. Like that's how I got to look at my life. I will be judged by how I love others. Those who are hardest to love. God wants you to bring His kingdom, and a lot of times that looks like loving people that you don't want to love. That's God's will, and I'm gonna. I'm going to be straight with you. It's, it's, it's easier to figure out that, you know, like, well, I just got to love people and then I'm doing God's will. That's easier to figure out. It's harder to do. 
it's actually much easier to sort of try to divine what God wants and does he want me to go to this school or does he want me to go to this job or does he want me to buy this house or does he want me to do this thing? It's actually easier to do that because there's no wrong answers. God never comes down and says, try again. We just always get to just figure out whether it was, if, it, if, if we liked it, then it was God's will. If we didn't, eh, I should, probably should have done something else. We're grading ourselves on that one. We're actually pretty easy grades. But whenever you understand God's will as bringing his kingdom and loving others and, and being his representative in this place, so that means doling out grace and forgiveness and love and mercy and kindness and patience and, and, and joy the way God, through the Spirit, gives us love and mercy and joy and kindness and patience. You don't have to figure it out anymore, but that's a tougher grade to get. It's a tougher life to live. It's more rewarding. Loving people who, can't, who, who won't ever love you back. Forgiving people who don't think they need to be forgiven. Showing mercy on people who will probably need to be shown mercy again. That'll change you. That will bring the kingdom. And you will be doing God's will. Don't make God's will revolve around you, but make your will revolve around God. What God wants is for his kingdom to come, for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to make this, the earth I inhabit, look like heaven. My favorite quotes, and I say this all the time, it's just one of my favorite quotes, uh, Eugene Peterson, um, in his book, The Pastor, it's a memoir of sorts, says, the church, a church, is when the Holy Spirit plants a colony of heaven in a country of hell. Whenever we look like heaven, when we bring heaven to earth, when we make it look like this, the world knows this is what this is what the world looks like whenever you live for God. People, people from all different backgrounds, all different ages, all different um, uh, stories, loving each other because of their differences, loving each other in community. That's God's kingdom. That's God's will. So if you're suffering, and there's a part of you that's been blaming God, two things, I think God can handle that. If that's what you need to do, to grieve, if that's part of your grieving process, if that's part of the anger stage for you, then do that. There's no wrong way to grieve. 
But when you get to the when you get to the, the acceptance part, and you still got this feeling like, why did God do that? I would argue, and there's a lot of people who disagree with me, but I would argue he didn't. But he used it. He used it to bring heaven to this place. He could use it to bring, to bring kingdom into the world, to do his will on earth as it is done in heaven. It, God can use it. That doesn't mean he celebrated it. And I think the different, that difference matters. I think we, how we think about God matters. So bring heaven to this place this week. Bring heaven to earth with you. Bring God with you. Take the life and the love and the, and the attitudes of Jesus with you. Wherever you choose to go, and God's will is being done. It's easier to, dis- to discern. It's harder to live. But I think it's very important for us to stop letting God's will revolve around me and start letting our lives revolve around what Jesus wanted, so much so that he gets up from the garden and walks toward those who will arrest him just because God told him to do it. Just because God said so. So we bring the kingdom too. What will it look like in Howard County when all heaven breaks loose? I think we can start that. Because I think at its core, that is the number one thing God wants. That is God's will, and he's going to use us to do it. If you want on board, if you want to unite with Jesus today, if you want to share in his death, burial, and resurrection through baptism, if you want to join this kingdom and do his will, then today's the day to get started. If you've been just letting the, trying to let God revolve around you and it just hasn't been working and you need to repent of that, then today is the day to do that as well. But please come forward while we stand and while we sing.